for listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Caleb. And today, um, it's basically going to be the same thing that we did last week, except uh, Caleb is now interviewing me. Um, yeah. Uh, but before, before, before we start, um, I just want to tell you guys, this is going to be the last episode for a little while. Um, basically because I can't, I can't afford, um, a creative cloud membership anymore. I literally cannot afford to be making the podcast anymore. Sorry guys. All 10 of you. This, yeah, this is going to be the last one for a little while. Unless someone wants to send me some fucking money. I'm not going to ask you to send me money. Please don't. I'll ask you. Send us money. Keep Uh, this podcast alive. (laughs) Um, yeah, this is basically, it's just, we can go into very much detail about why I don't have money for this. It's okay. Oh, because, right because when we come back, we're going to have money and the podcast is going to be better than ever. It's going to be huge. We're going to make this podcast great again. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you went there. Okay. So Caleb's, I, we're just going to jump into it. Caleb's going to start asking me, to, asking me some questions. He wants me to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to make him cry. Um, so how are you feeling? I feel horrible. I've had a headache, like a really bad headache, uh, for the past like three days. I have it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I enjoy doing this podcast enough that I'm going to suffer through it. Now, does that headache make you want to cry? No. Do I? It makes me want to kill you. Make you want to cry? You constantly you make me want to cry. the shepherd's pie? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, our first question, which you, which you're already familiar with is when's the last time you cried? Uh, what kind of cry? Mm, an emotional cry. An emotional cry. I think the other day, I think I was watching some, some show on, I was rewatching Voltron Uh-oh. and the last season made me cry. Everyone says that the last, small aside, everyone says that eighth season of uh, the new uh, series of Voltron mm-hmm. really sucks, and I will admit that there are some like weird things about it, but it's not bad. Everyone just needs to get the fucking head out of their ass. You're mad because it's over. Yeah, that makes me cry. That's the last time I like emotional cried, but I was crying last night because my head was like literally about to explode. Headaches are no fucking joke, people, especially <laughs> migraines. Just FYI. Um, So, what's your self-image? You didn't write that (laughs) down! I hate you! Oh my god. Where do you see yourself in five years? No, really, where do you see yourself in five years? I have no earthly idea. No clue. Where do you see yourself in one year? Having the foggiest idea. Unfortunately, I feel like I'm not alone in that either. I feel like a lot of people our age feel that way. We have no fucking idea what we're doing. It's true. Public school didn't prepare us for this shit. I had no idea life was going to be one big ass blast. Yeah, I have no I have no idea where I'm going to be in a year. I have no idea where I'm going to be 3 months from now. I'm just so used to it at this point that it's like it it honestly doesn't even bother me. I mean, how long has it been that way for you? How long would you say that you've lived really feeling like you just have no idea what you're doing and you don't know what your future is? Probably 
honestly, uh, maybe six months into uh, after I moved to Wilmington. Okay. So that's what, like four years ago ish now. Um, yeah, for like four years, I've just I've come to terms with the fact that like, or maybe not come to terms with it that whole time, but just like understood that uh, I have no fucking idea what's gonna happen or what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So what happened in that time? That time, so I moved from Matthews, which is where we are now. Um, I moved from Matthews to Wilmington to try to start a business with one of my friends. Um, the business didn't, you know, it didn't end up happening. It didn't work out. Um, and you know, I had a job there and like, I was like, I was, I guess, I mean, I kind of did it to myself. Like I threw myself into this, this almost like a, even though I wasn't going to school, almost like a college student kind of world. Like when, you know, you don't have work on the weekends, it's parties or whatever. Um, but sex, drugs and rock and roll, right? Sex, drugs and rock and roll. Exactly. But most of the time it's like, I have no idea what I'm doing today. I have to go to work at three o'clock. I get off at 10 o'clock. Um, I'm riding my bike to and ho- to and from work. I hope it doesn't rain. Um, you know, there's like $50 in my bank account. I have rent to pay next week. When real life gets too real. And I, yeah, I was just like, for the first six months of that, I was just like, well, obviously I'm doing something fucking wrong here because, because like people do not act like they're just floundering like this all the time but then i realized just after talking to coworkers that like everyone does it no one knows what the fuck they're doing and it's just yeah so basically that that's what happened in that time i was just like okay i am uh i'm on my own here even though i do have a house to go back to if i like can't afford to pay rent i can just always come and live back with family again but yeah that's what happened there well that's true um that is what happened, actually. You came back and... Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Come. So, okay. So, I lived in Wilmington for like a year and a half, maybe close to... Like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, right out of high school. And basically what happened was um, uh, me, my friend Hunter, my friend Dylan, and um, our two friends, Kristen and Kirsten, rented an apartment out Um, we all lived there. We signed a year lease. We lived there for the year. And actually for the most part, I, I, I really enjoyed living there, but, uh, I quickly found out that I can't live with Hunter and Hunter can't live with me. He and I just have like, you can be best friends, but that doesn't mean you can live together. Yeah. We have, we both have like type A personalities when it comes to managing anything. So like my, I guess attitude toward like my attitude to toward doing the dishes and his attitude toward doing the dishes and organizing the fridge and like what should be in this corner and it just literally everything literally everything we were just like butting heads constantly and basically by the time the lease was up I hadn't found any like new roommates to live with um and I couldn't afford to live by myself and I was just so fucking mad at like Hunter for no reason, by the way, I apologize for that, even though he knows 
that I'm sorry about all of that shit. Um, yeah, it's just like I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll move to Rock Hill. With... <laughs> oh Lord, Rock Hill. I guess I'll move to Rock Hill with uh, with my old friends, my old the old gang from high school in Matthews. Because that um, was a much better living situation. Oh my God! Should we? Should we? Should I? <laughs> yeah, you should. Okay, so here's the here's the story. The lease ends at the apartment. First of all, a bunch of bullshit happens with the apartment. We're not going into that right now, but suffice it to say, by the end of the lease period, I was like done, and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna live in Rock Hill uh, with my old friends from high school. It's gonna be better. Um, but I have like a month of downtime. So I came back to Matthews with all of my stuff and like put it in the garage. It was still in boxes and everything. And then after that month, next, the next month is when we, um, is when our moving date for the apartment in Rock Hill, South Carolina was. So I moved literally within the span of like a year and seven ish months. I moved from Matthews to Wilmington back to Matthews and then to Rock Hill. And then I, I ended up staying in Rock Hill for like five months. So here's, here's really what happened. I think I could have met, I think all of us could have managed to live with each other. But the problem was we were all stressed out about money because our friend Tion didn't have a job. Our friend Tion didn't have a job there. Um, but he and Caleb actually ended up getting jobs at like Chick-fil-A. Amanda had a job. It was literally me and Amanda and Caleb were having to like carry the weight of the rent and the electrical bills and everything because I wasn't putting in because here's what happened. I, when I was in Wilmington, I worked at Lowe's and when I told them, Hey, I'm moving to Rock Hill you know, is there something that we can do to like transfer my position down to the Rock Hill store? The HR manager at the Lowe's store in Wilmington was fantastic. He did everything right on his end. Um, and he was like, yeah, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you on leave of absence. We're going to tell the other store that, you know, you're moving there. They're going to open a position for you. You're going to go online and apply for it just like you normally would, except you're going to get like preference because it's not really opening a new position. We're just moving you from one store to another. So, you know, you're going to get like basically preferential treatment. They're going to, they're going to hire you for that position. You're going to go for your interview, blah, 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 blah. But you're basically going to be doing exactly the same thing there as you were here in Wilmington. Um, that didn't happen because when we arrived in Rock Hill, the HR manager at the Rock Hill Lowe's store was like gone on vacation or something like that. And then after he was supposed to come back for a vacation, his like mom got sick or something like that. It was a whole lot of bullshit. It was a whole lot of bullshit. I don't blame that that HR manager for it, um, except for the fact that the few times I did actually talk to him, he had no idea what was going on. Um but also, you know, I talked to the district HR manager. He said that he would try to figure something out. Never got a fucking call back from him. I called the store managers there. I, I called the district manager again. And I was like, hey, you know, how are you? How is this store operating for months, months, five months with no HR manager? How? How is this? How are you doing this, Lowe's? Like, this isn't cool. People like I need a job and people need to file HR 
stuff, whatever the fuck HR does. I still to this day don't know what HR does. But anyway, um, that, well, they protect the company from its workers. Basically, it just, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a bunch of shit. So because of that, because of all the stress and everything that was happening there and the fact some, I'm not going to say it now because Caleb's going to ask me about it later. Uh, cause I read his questions for me. Oh, I might not. I mean, go ahead. If you, if you have something to say, by all means, bring it up right now. <sighs> okay. So basically I was going on, I was, uh, I was going through like mental bullshit, like figuring out, trying to figure out like what the fuck is wrong with me and all this kind of bullshit. Um, stressed out about the fact that I didn't have a job and we weren't going to be able to afford to keep the apartment. And because of that, Amanda, Okay. Amanda, I'm going to call you out a little bit. I'm sorry. I love you. But while we were living together, you were one of the messiest people I've ever met in my fucking life. And I couldn't take it. (laughs) I couldn't fucking take it. It stressed me out. I would walk into that kitchen every day and see mess everywhere. Tion and Caleb and I were all contributing factors to it. But (laughs) I'm sorry, Amanda. I'm sorry. I had to call you out. I love you. Um... (laughs) But yeah, I would like, yeah, the mess in the kitchen and, you know, not having any money and not being able to like go anywhere, still didn't have a car and I didn't have a bike because my bike fucked up and just like completely fell apart um, and didn't have money to get a new one. So I was cooped up in this apartment on the third fucking floor. Um, It was hot as shit in Rock Hill. I don't know if you've ever been in Rock Hill fucking South Carolina, but it's a shithole. Um, an empty shithole shit <laughs> with just a few pieces of crust lying around. Yeah. It's, it's a nasty place. Anyway, um, there was that I was dealing with, you know, basically like ghosting Hunter after I left Wilmington, I wasn't talking to him and you know, as any, as any gay guy is with his straight best friend, I had feelings for him too. So like, you know, I was dealing with that. I was like, well, you know, how could I have feelings for this person for this long? And then, you know, live with them for a year and realize that I just hate this person and all that shit. Many mental breakdowns happened in Rock Hill. Uh, there was a lot of late nights drinking copious amounts of box wine and crying our eyes out. Can attest. Uh, Can <laughs> attest. Yeah, Rock Hill was a time and a fucking half. Yeah, that's what that that's what happened. And in and during that entire time, I just I realized more and more that like I have no fucking idea what's going on. I don't know what's happening next week, let alone next year or five years from now. I mean, when's the last time you can say that you felt really confident about your life and like you were in control? Really? Oh, I can't. I can't. I don't think I have ever truly felt that way. Like, because all through high school, right, you're like, or all through school, you're a minor, basically. Yeah. You you're feel not, controlled by your, your parents, really. your teachers, your authority figures. Right. You're not really in control of, you know, what you do. If your parents want to step in or a guardian or someone wants to step in and say, hey, stop that shit or whatever, they can because you're not 18 yet. But the moment you turn 18 and move out and you're on your own, you're still 
still not able to do everything that you want to do because you don't have the fucking money for it and you work for you work for basically to survive right so you have to go to work you you have to do all of this bullshit and i know everyone does this and no one complains about it and i'm probably being like super millennial because i'm complaining about this but but it's bullshit okay okay it's bullshit (laughs) um so yeah i was stressed out about all all of that shit yeah it's just yeah so i don't think there's ever been a point in my life where i was like where I could say that I was like really in control of like everything that was happening. Probably. I mean, but was there ever a time you felt like, that way? Like junior and senior year. So it started to be sophomore year of high school where I was like, oh, you know, I have this like group of friends and my parents don't really care. You know, I didn't, I wasn't living with my parents at that time. I was living with my grandparents. Um, and all of my family's pretty chill anyway. They know that I'm not going to do anything fucking stupid. Um, so, you know, for the most part, they were pretty chill. So, like, you know, I could go over to Amanda's house after school or whatever, you know, sneak out of the house in the middle of the fucking night, go over to Amanda's house and hang out and then go to school the next day. Um, you know, that was fine. So, like, that really started happening for me, like, sophomore year of high school. And then it just, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, I was basically just like doing whatever the fuck I wanted but I didn't want the the thing was I was able to do that because I didn't want to like tear shit up and get in trouble and all do hardcore drugs and drink and you weren't a bad kid I mean you were an arsonist but not a bad kid a little little bit of an arson not an arsonist a pyromaniac I still am a pyromaniac. Jeremy, okay. you burned down that hospital. I didn't burn down. 300 people died. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, we're just joking, or are we? But, um, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's that's the answer to your question. I, I've never, never in my life have I felt truly 100% in control. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm alone in that either. No, I don't think you are. And I think it's... I think it's honestly healthy to have that realization that no one is in control and, you know, the world around you is not as surefire and set as you think it is. Yeah. I think it's also healthy or rather unhealthy if you're like, I can do whatever the fuck I want because I'm me because that could be like a narcissistic that omnipotent That omnipotence will be your downfall. Yeah. Because the truth is that nobody is omnipotent. I mean, if you're omnipotent, you go and you enjoy your omnipotency. But you're probably not omnipotent. So why don't you be a little gracious and accept your failures? Because sooner or later, they are going to catch up with you. And they're probably going to rape you. Hard. (laughs) So. All right. Let's move on. Next question. Next question. Well, um, tell me a little bit about your childhood. I don't want to be too general. Let's start with your first five years. My first five years? Your first five years of being alive. I don't think I remember very much about any of that. What stands out to you? I mean, can we go broader than my first five years? Okay, here's the thing. I don't, I only remember snippets of my childhood. That's all we want. We just want a snippet from your first five years. So... I'm not, I'm going to break that rule. Well, maybe. I don't know what you mean by my first five years, but 
when I was, well, what are the first five years that you remember? We, Let's start with that. I don't start remembering things until I'm three years old. We uh, moved to Matthews, North Carolina, yeah. from Santa Maria, California, when I was nine. So, I guess if we're talking about like earlier stuff, now when you say we, who is that? My family and I, brother, sister, mom, dad, grandma, papa. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, if we're talking about, like, you know, back in California or whatever, I just remember, like, you know, snippets of, like, going to school and going to the beach. I remember we used to go to, like, um, to Pismo Beach and Arroyo Grande and all of those places uh, every once in a while. I remember my, my grand. I don't know why this memory is, like, stuck in my, cemented in my mind, but I remember one, uh, every once in a while he would, he used to work at the, the post office. Every once in a while he would take me like back in the back room where they did the mail sorting. And back then they did mail sorting by hand. It wasn't a big machine that did it. So there would be people on like desks with tons of mail piled up in these boxes and all organized in these little cubbies. But that's not even what I remember really. I remember like the smell of like all the mail, the envelopes and the glue and all of that stuff. And white cheddar Cheez-Its. <laughs> That's precious, actually. I like that. So, um, it, tell us about, like, some really happy memory from your childhood. A really happy memory from I my mean, childhood. I mean, do you even have any? Yeah. A really happy memory? Yeah. Something just so pure and joyful. I remember getting a bird one year for Christmas. That was pretty cool. Was that your first pet? No. I actually... I actually... When we lived in California, I had a betta fish named Tinker. That was That was cool. I have no idea what happened to that fish. I can't even remember. It probably died. We probably forgot to feed it or something like that. And it died on the windowsill and someone flushed it down the toilet. As happens to most uh, young children's <laughs> pet fish. Um... But anyway, yeah, I remember uh, walking downstairs one year and there was like a bird in a, a little parakeet, a, sorry, a budgie. Americans are the only ones who call the stupid little birds parakeets. Um, there was a, a budgie in a, in a cage sitting by the tree and I had been wanting one for a really long time. Well, okay, I thought I wanted one for a really long time. They're terrible birds. Don't ever keep a budgie as a pet. Um, and the, are they murderous? They're murderous. <laughs> They'll straight up kill each other. They'll straight up murder each other. Uh, I'm not sure if we should interrupt now or if I should do it later or even just save it for another time. But just you telling that story of the two budgies. No, 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 no. I'll tell it. I'll tell it afterwards. But uh, yeah, I like I walked downstairs on uh, Christmas morning and there was a budgie in a cage, you know, ringing its little bell or whatever. Sitting on its perch, and uh, are you guys good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Caleb's Caleb's boyfriend is is in the studio. He's just not he's not on a mic right now. But yeah, they're messing around across the table from me. We are not. We are. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's a little budgie in its cage. It's sitting on its running back and forth on its perch and ringing its little bell or whatever. And I had been wanting one for a really long time, and I thought I was never gonna get one, and then it was just there, and I. I don't actually remember this, but apparently I cried when I saw it. Oh, like from joy or yeah, like fear or just like, childhood emotion. Just like, like, 
yeah, just like Christmas morning childhood emotion, just like don't know how to deal with my emotions, so I'm going to cry. I still do that. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I really, st- I, I still do that hard. And I, you know what? I fucking own it. It's okay. Um, but yeah, just like apparently I cried about this thing. And then I also remember immediately after I stopped crying, uh, my mom telling my dad basically that he fucked up because he wasn't recording that moment. Mm. (laughs) Okay. So that's actually, that's really nice. Yeah. Okay. So budgie story. Yeah. Yeah. The budgie story. Okay. So, um, fast forward some years when I'm in high school. Um, and I was, I don't remember where these budgies came from, but Hell. Long story short, yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, okay, they natively live in Australia, so you're not that far off. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm kidding, I love Australia. <laughs> you can still love a place, and yet it can be the there's physical a, okay. embodiment of hell place, on Earth. There's a place in Australia called hell. That's Arizona, actually, but... Is it Arizona? No, 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 no. Oh. I was saying the physical embodiment of hell on Earth. Oh, yes, that's Arizona. Yeah. Absolutely. But Australia is a close second. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, fucking long story short, we had, we, I mean, my friend Jordan and I had four budgies and they were, you know, they were in a cage together. They had perches, you know, they had like the cuddle bones and all that stuff. We're not cruel. We know how to take care of budgies. They had all the stuff that they needed. You know, they were fed they were watered. They were interacted with every single day, just like you should with a bird. But no, these fucking homicidal maniacs, two of them. So basically, when we got them, all of them had their wings clipped and we were growing their flight feathers back, basically. So two of them got their flight feathers back before the other two. And one of them was a little stupid, so it couldn't really fly. But he also didn't have his flight feathers. So... We were just waiting for those to grow out. But basically, here's what happened. He climbed up really high in the cage one time, which is fine because birds aren't retarded. Like, they realize when they can't fly, and they're not just going to, like, swan dive off of something. But the other two birds, I wasn't here when this happened, but the other two birds that had regrown their flight feathers ganged up on the one that couldn't fly, the stupid one, and pushed him off of the thing, and he hit the ground and, like, broke his neck and died. (laughs) So I came into the room later, and I found this bird dead with, like, a broken, like, limp (laughs) neck on the ground, and the other ones were just up there, like, looking at him, like, chirping like fucking budgies do. They were just happy as could be. I don't know why it's so funny, but it's so funny to me. They just, like, murdered their... (laughs) fucking they they murdered this other bird i just i don't i actually don't know what happened with all of those birds i know that that one died well it got killed and then you know what happened. You know what happened. the other birds i think that gave them to jordan to give back to whomever we were holding them for whatever the situation with those birds was yeah they like <laughs> they just straight up murdered their cohort oh man Fucking birds. It's a, it's a rough world in bird world. Legit. Okay, let's see if I can actually pull from one of these questions that I wrote. 
I'm expecting you any second now to read one of the funny ones. One of the funny ones? I mean, I, let's be honest, though. When did you first realize you were cock-slipping, ass-munching, man-slinging monkey for? <laughs> I love that question. Or have you not realized it yet? Oh, no, I've totally realized it. <laughs> uh, hmm. <clears throat> Probably after I moved back here from... No, it was when I was living in Boone. Okay, so... Going back to the other story, basically, here's the progression of places that I've lived and the bullshit that I've, quite frankly, put myself in. Um, 100% my fault. I moved from Matthews to Wilmington, from Wilmington back to Matthews for a month, moved to Rock Hill for five months, back to Matthews. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Ran away from Rock Hill to live in Boone with Hunter again, lived in Boone for six or seven months or something like that, had a massive mental breakdown that landed me back in Matthews, and I've been in Matthews ever since then. So in in uh, Boone, um, yeah, I turned into a little bit of a whore. I would have guys, random guys over all the fucking time. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a whore. It's a nasty... Nasty slut we're talking to here. I am. I really am. I'm a what? Did, how did you put it? A um, <laughs> a cock slurping, ass munching man, sl- monkey whore. Yep, that's basically it. Like if you if you've ever played Cards Against Humanity, the card uh, Pac Man uncontrollably guzzling cum. That's my favorite. Card. That's this guy. Okay, let's move on. God, what an image. <laughs> And demonetized. Uh, what's your relationship with your mother? I don't talk to her. <laughs> um, wow, you, you 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 replied to that one real quickly. I was expecting stunned silence. Yeah, I don't talk to her. Um, here's why. And I know she listens to the podcast and she's been wanting me to, um, you know, talk to her. I guess maybe in, in what is it, confidence? Is that the word that I'm looking for? Um, well, we're, we're going to talk to the spirit of your mother here today. Um, in basically, you know, explain to her why I don't talk to her and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And basically, uh, it's because I, I don't, whether I'm right or wrong, mm-hmm. I do not feel like when I'm talking to her, she's listening to what I have to say. Um, every time I speak to her, I look at her face and I can see in her eyes, she's thinking of not, she's not listening to what I'm saying. She's thinking of what she wants to say next. Um, and I, I can't stand that shit. So yeah, I don't talk to her anymore. And basically I get my judgmentality from her, from, I mean, Sorry, <laughs> but I do. I'm a judgmental person and I get it from, I get it from her. Um, and I can see that, I can see that in her face when I speak to her about anything. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. I don't speak to her anymore because of that. Uh, when I was in Rock Hill and going through all that m- self-inflicted mental torment and then and then I went to Boone and had a huge fucking mental breakdown and got sick because we were living in a mold infested apartment and I was having a fucking mental breakdown because of all of that shit 
yeah, I just stopped talking to her and I haven't really talked to her ever since. Um, yeah, I mean, whether I'm right or wrong for that, I, there's probably people listening right now. They're like, you can't not talk to your mother. I, well, I, I mean, I, what do you, what I do you think? Understand. Do you think that you're right or wrong? I think it's more complicated than that. A lot of these things are more complicated than you want them to be, right? Um, it's more complicated than that for me. It's 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 one part I'm right for not talking to someone that I feel isn't going to listen to me uh, if I speak truly. Um, and speak my mind or anything, or they're going to judge me if I, if I speak to them, um, you know, it's, it's not healthy to talk to a person like that. But on the other hand, you know, sometimes I do feel like maybe I should give it another chance. Maybe, you know, eventually at some point. I mean, what, what would it take for you to talk to your mother again? A personal, like, epiphany, I think. I, I'm i still, I can sit here and tell you, you know, maybe it's wrong that I don't talk to her. But at the end of the day, it's still, I don't feel like she's a kind of person that I can just talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, do you think the strain in your relationship still affects you today? <sighs> I've never been the kind of person who will, like, openly talk with about anything uh with family i didn't come out to my family until my senior year of high school uh i don't talk to my family about like emotions and all of that sort of stuff that's always been something that's reserved for my closest friends um and we just don't have like that kind of family dynamic i guess where we just talk about stuff like that um so you know kind of cutting a family member out of my life in that respect, or I guess any respect uh, sounds terrible, but it's really not that difficult for me. Um, I respect that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've talked to Caleb a lot about this um, because I feel like he understands. He doesn't talk to his parents. I do not talk to my parents. So yeah, that's it on that. (laughs) All right. Well, I won't belabor the point. Um, hmm, let's see. Why are you a terrible person? <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm kidding. You're, you're actually not a terrible person. You're that's a flawed funny. human being. That's one of, the, that's one of your oh, joke questions. Yeah, that is one of my jokes. Oh, man. That's a hard question to answer. I'm not going to like, go into anything about answering that but that would be a hard question to answer i mean how does anyone answer that i mean how can you just be looked in the eye dead ass serious and be like why are you terrible i don't know well what? you see it all started <laughs> back in nam it all started back in nam oh, yeah. it all started when my little sister took my fucking action figures little bitch i had to kill her i don't have a little sister anymore <laughs> oh man uh, yeah but um yeah okay let's see any of this stuff still workable oh. oh there's a good one this is one that i actually do want you to do tell us a secret oh man 
I mean, this is sidewalk confessional, so God, for God's sake, you are going to confess something. A secret? What did you do at Squidward's Christmas party? <laughs> A secret. I can't think of one because I'm I'm looking across the table at Caleb right now and I'm like, what secret am I withholding from Caleb? What secret are you withholding from me? Nothing. Literally nothing. Shit, you're right. What secret what secret have I like can I share? Ask me another question, I'll think about that one. Okay. Um let's see. Tell us about someone that you miss. Oh man. Honestly, someone that I miss just as like a friend. Um all of all of my friends that I had at work in Wilmington. What are you looking at over there? It's not that funny, but it was a little disturbing. Anyway, um, <laughs> all of my friends that I had at work uh, in or, or outside of work uh, in Wilmington and my roommates, uh, Kristen and Kirsten, uh, that I lived with there, I miss them all the time. Um, if we want to get a little bit deeper, uh, I think missing someone is something that can be temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, okay, so, you know, when you like hang out with a friend and the instant they're gone, you like, you miss them, right? You just, you want to hang out with them more because you just enjoy being with that person. Um, I feel that way about my two siblings, uh, Aaron and Ryan, if they come over here and hang out or, you know, we go climbing or something like that, they don't live here. So like, as soon as they're gone, um, I just miss them at it's partly because they're my siblings and you know I love them like any sibling should um but it's also partly because I don't have any friends so they're like the only people that I talk to every once in a while um but yeah I don't know we're just like we have fun you know like when if we go out climbing or you know we sit in the studio and like jam out to some music or are in the kitchen making food we'll like talk like siblings do will like poke fun at each other and all that shit and you know how you can't be human and not like that right so yeah I miss them like as soon as I miss them all the time um now is there anybody you miss that you know that you're just never gonna see again I know what you want. I know I know the answer that you want to this you, question. You think I'm prodding at your grandmother, but I'm actually not. Um, well, yes, my, my grandmother. I, I lost mean, my we grand- all know she's dead, okay? <laughs> oh, she, oh, because she's dead. <laughs> we haven't told that story. Yeah, we haven't told that story. It's a story about how horrible I am. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, yeah, obviously I miss her. Um, I've come to terms with that, though. Uh, you know. I mean, more it like happens. someone who's alive. That I'm just never going to see again. I mean, we don't know, technically, but we know. I don't know. I can't. Not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. What keeps you up at night? <laughs> wow, that was depressing. <laughs> and emo. I was going to say existential dread. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, would it be wrong? <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, 
uh, why are you afraid of dying? I'm not. That I think that actually, yeah, I right think there. that actually keeps me up more at night than any fear of death that I could feel. It's the fact that I'm not really afraid of it. You know, it's, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have to face it. If why why fear the inevitable? Right, you're going to die. It's in fact the only certainty. The only earthly certainty is oblivion. Yeah. So yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Maybe you know the mental status that I'm in to to not fear death as a human being. That that kind of keeps me up every once in a while. And you know, as anyone with depression will understand, there's always those times where you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know, like that's the that's the realest question that you could ask yourself. What the fuck? To be goddamn real. Yeah. So, you know, every you know, it's that every once in a while. There are tears involved with that one. I mean, have you just ever had one of those moments where you're just going about and everything's just chooching along like normal? And then you just take a moment and you pause and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, yeah. What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck is this? Who the fuck are you? Have you ever had those? Have you ever had those moments where you're like, where you like. You're like sitting there or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've had like a bad day or something like that. You're like, you know, the tears are welling up in your Mm -hmm. eyes. Let me paint a scene for you. (laughs) The tears are are, uh, welling up in your eyes and all that sort of shit. And you just sit there and you're just like, fuck. Yeah. There's that every once in a while. That that keeps me up at night. That got deep. (laughs) Well, fuck. Exactly. (laughs) That got deep. Hmm. Okay, tell us about your relationship with your father. That man is a head of lettuce. <laughs> that's a uh, that's an inside joke from uh, from high school times. Uh, <laughs> that's and to this day, my little brother and I call him Iceberg, like like the lettuce. Um, I I see the flaws in my parents, my family, as any, as any child does, right? You know, you see the flaws in your parents and you tell yourself, oh, you know, I'm not going to be like that and I'm not going to make those mistakes, but you do. And then you live life. Yeah. And then Um, you realize, oh, I'm just the combination of these two people's fucks ups (laughs) made to life. Yeah. Made to come to life. Exactly. So, you know, I don't have a bad relationship with my dad i guess i would say that our relationship is good if you can quantify or qualify good um yeah i don't know i mean he will still like we'll, we'll still like sit in the kitchen and like talk or like go to beer temple or whatever down the street and have a beer and talk about shit it's nothing we're never talking about anything like super emotional or anything like that but i mean yeah i have a good relationship with my father i guess you could say interesting it's a roundabout way to answer the question isn't it this is the this is the He's point this is the point in the session no. where the therapist would be like interesting and how does that make you feel <laughs> He's writing stuff down no Oh, man. Well, um, do you see parts of him in yourself? Absolutely. 
what parts? 100%. Um, I don't know if you would be comfortable with me sharing this oh on God. here. Um, but, you know, he has issues with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that in, I see, I definitely, I don't see the issues, you know, presenting themselves in, in myself, but I definitely see the, the potential and the tendencies every once in a while. Um, and I, you know, realize that if I don't like really keep it in check or anything like that, it could get away from me. It's, it's hard. Addiction and things like that are really hard, uh, to deal with from a personal, like just a one, you know, introspective kind of standpoint. Um, but I mean, yeah, he and I are both huge procrastinators, uh, vast underachievers there's that there's the bad that I see in us but he and I are also pretty decent at talking to people and like explaining ourselves and I feel like he would actually make like a really good manager or something like that I see that in myself as well Mm -hmm. so you know there's some of the good side of it I guess I love you dad Well, there's really only one thing on here that I haven't really perused yet. Are you ready? Let's go for it. This one's going to hurt. I can feel it already. This one's going to hurt. It's going to cut deep. Well, not necessarily. It's all about how much you let it cut you. So now we're going to talk about love. Oh, yep. I knew we were going here. (laughs) Caleb, Caleb is... I don't know if fascinated is or curious, inquisitive about my love life. Interesting that you should say that. Why? What's your question? Well, my question is, what's it like for you to be in love? Oh, God. I mean, what's that like for you? I don't... Are you in love right now? I don't know if I've ever actually been, like, in love with someone. I would say the closest that I've ever come uh, is one of my friends. Um, And, you know, he's not... He knows about this. Um, But, yeah, the closest I've ever come is one of my friends. He was one of the first friends that I came out to. Uh, he's one of the first people that I met that I hung out with like all day, every single day, every weekend I was over at his house or he was over at my house. And, you know, he was the first person I went like up to the mountains with his parents had, um, had cabins up in the mountains. So we went like up to the cabins and we had those like adventures and all that stuff. He's the person who got me into into the reptile trade and all of that. If you guys are paying attention, you know who I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> you know, he, it's that person. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe I fell in love with him. It definitely got a lot more complicated for me, mm-hmm. um, personally and just internally for a really, really long time. Um, once he and I like started living together and when he moved back to Wilmington during high school, um, 
yeah, I definitely, like, I can say with certainty that I had feelings for him for a really long time. Um, and I don't know, I guess, I don't know if that was like being in love though, because he and I didn't have that kind of relationship, you know, he wasn't my boyfriend and we weren't like, whatever, he's not gay. So it's true that there, there is a different emotional equality when it's requited versus unrequited. Yeah. So it's like. It's almost, I guess, if you really want to look at it, I don't look at it this way, but if you really want to look at it this way, like almost like a tormented kind of relationship, at least for me, you know, there is like, yeah, I have feelings for this person. He doesn't have feelings for me, but he's also my friend. So I can't just like outright avoid him because I can go hang out with this person and I do enjoy hanging out with this person and I live with this person now. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, I've come to terms with it, and I've told him that I had feelings for him, you know, at one point, and we've moved on. I don't talk about it. He doesn't bring it up. Um, that's that, really. I mean, yeah, like, I moved past it. Most of it— you're not in the height of this trauma. This would have been so much juicier three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really would have been. Yeah. I I mean— yeah, it got it it got emotional for me. Caleb knows I vented to him about this a lot. Um Yeah, it got it got super emotional for me, but it's fine. I mean, it, look, PSA to all our fellow gays. Do not fall for straight Don't boys. Fall for straight guys. Do not fall do for straight not boys. Do not fall for straight boys. No, Don't really, do it. Really Don't do it. If they're not going to turn gay. They don't just need to try your cock. If it's only going to hurt you. Look, and it's going to hurt even more. Even more. It's going to hurt even more when they finally realize it and then they're extra nice about it. It's going to be even worse. <laughs> so, yeah, here's the thing. If you're like in my situation, I guess, and you have feelings for this person, even though you know you shouldn't, and you just, like, there's some fucked up, broken part of you, which isn't fucked up and broken, by the way, but if you feel like there's some... It's actually the most natural... (laughs) Yeah, if you think that there's, like, fucked up, broken part of you that's, you know, not doing anything good for you, or whatever, and you, like, fall in love with your best friend who's straight, or whatever, find a friend that you really trust and can talk to, This is about any kind of internal mental thing that's bothering you. Find a friend, a family member, a teacher, whomever to talk to about it. Deal with it and make sure that you yourself like really understand it and then be honest with your friend about it. Don't let it like completely fuck up your relationship with your friend. Um, Yeah, that's it. I mean, and I didn't. I, I vented to Caleb about it and internalized it and thought about it quite a bit. Um, I th- Okay, look, here's, here's how long it took me to <laughs> really, really deal with this. I knew I had feelings for this person halfway through eighth grade, and it followed me until, like, last year-ish. 
um yeah it takes a while it can it can it can take a long ass time um but now you know he's has a frankly beautiful girlfriend and they're they're actually yeah fiance they're getting married and i couldn't be happier for them i am friends with him and his girlfriend there's no like i'm not like jealous there's no hard feelings or anything like that i'm happy that he's happy like any friend should be um yeah it's just it just takes some working through on my part i guess so do you think that you'll ever find love like proper love the kind that loves you back uh maybe i don't know do you want to yeah i mean doesn't every sane person that's a really human thing that's a really human thing to want it's Um, like do you want air and water exactly like i mean there's a guy there's a guy that i'm talking to currently we haven't been talking that long and i'm definitely not you know unhealthily obsessed or like already planning our relation i'm not like over here like a crazy person already planning our life together or anything like that it's like yeah i know the names of our first three kids but god it's like nothing serious (laughs) i mean yeah like he and i have not been talking for that long so i'm not you know like i'm not his we're not boyfriends we're not in a relationship we're just talking um yeah i mean maybe i'll find love at some point it's not really like it's not something that i'm like seeking out actively now here's the big question here's the kicker are you ready oh god are you ready do you think you're lovable (laughs) oh man (laughs) You should have given me some weed before this. <laughs> I really should have. Well, guys, when we come back, we're going to be doing this podcast on drugs, and it's going to be lit. Nah, no, we're not. I won't. I'm going to be doing this podcast on drugs. Here's and- a here's a, here's a a tidbit, random random tidbit about me. Um, if I smoke pot, I will stare at the wall and fixate on how much anything, fixate on one thing for hours on end. That's absolutely true, and I've observed it happen. It's actually kind of disturbing. Yeah. But I also insist that it's also because you're just a, a, a newbie. The, the more you do it and the longer you do it, you will develop. Maybe. You will develop a new personality on the drug. Yeah. I'll eat edibles. I'm not smoking pot ever again. That sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, anyway, what was, what was the question? Do I think I... Do, what was it? I'm just desperately grasping at something which can hit your emotional heartstrings so that I can drive you into a corner where that's you end not, up crying. That's not happening today. He's he's a strong one, guys. <laughs> no, what was the question, though? It was, do you think you're lovable? I think that if you can quickly and concisely answer this, you're a narcissist. You're not wrong. Um, or... I'm not a narcissist anymore. Or if you uh, can quickly and concisely (laughs) answer it in the opposite direction, you probably have some severe self-loathing behavior. There's obviously parts about me that I wish I could change and parts about me that I wish I could make better Um, and parts about me that I don't think should go anywhere. Uh, Obviously, those things about me are, you know, the characteristics that I broadcast when I'm talking to someone you know i like hiking and i like climbing and all of this sort of stuff and, and i on the beach. 
and long walks on the beach and you know like i i don't know all of that sort of stuff we this guy that i'm talking to and i i'm sorry this guy that i'm talking to uh and i have literally most of our conversations thus far have been about food so like i'll talk about like oh you know i'm working through this recipe i'm teaching myself how to do this thing and out you know outwardly that seems like a great thing but in my mind i'm still obsessing about how bad my croissants are and how terrible i am at making them because i am I am. I'm bad at making them. I know logically that I just need to keep making them more and more and more and more and more, and eventually they'll just be better. Well, see, it's all about it's all about your phrasing. You could say to yourself, "I'm bad at making croissants," or you could say, "I didn't do a very good job the last time I made croissants. Yeah. The next time I need to do better." Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, there's always that. I I tend to like obsess over little things like that. That's one of those things about me that I don't. I don't like and I don't uh, broadcast and I think makes me a little bit, I guess if you really want to say it this way, it makes me a little bit less lovable, but oh, it's wow. whatever. I mean, every everyone has those qualities where they're just like, I think this makes me a little bit less of a good person or less of like a, a person who's deserving of love or whatever, but I'm, I am don't personally feel like I'm such a terrible, fucked-up person that no one will ever love me. No. There's definitely people out there who are going to love you. Yeah. Well, fuck. I'm really peeved because I, I couldn't make him cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything that I can say to really drive it in there. Nope, not going to happen today, guys. Your croissants are the worst. You're a piece of shit. You're right. You're absolutely You're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, working retail, working at a customer <laughs> service desk will train you for that shit like nothing yeah. else. Those motherfuckers, angry contractors, will come at your life. Okay? If you want a terrible, terrible life experience, but also immensely uh character building character building thank you <laughs> go work retail go work don't just go work retail go work at a customer service desk at a high turnover store go work at uh lowe's in a in an area with a lot of contractors or go work at like a best buy in a best buy in like new york or silicon valley or something somewhere where there's a lot of high demand customers coming in all the time go work the customer service desk a low wage high paced job where you have to cater to entitled angry impatient people (laughs) yeah yeah i literally i literally had a contractor one time tell me that things would be better for me if i killed myself fuck yeah (laughs) fuck yeah he was like he was like it might have been it might have been projecting now that i think about it like just this second that here's 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 what happened here's the sitch (laughs) he was uh he was coming to like put a, a, a fill out an order or something like that i can't even remember what he was doing he was there he was pissed like most contractors are pissed at the world um he comes in, 
And he's basically, you know, blah, 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 banter, 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 customer service stuff, you know, the little quaint conversation that you should have with people in social interactions. And, you know, he said something like along the lines of, you know, this day's been shit. This whole week's been shit for me. And I'm like trying to be relatable. I'm like, well, you know, I I know how that feels. You know, I know how it feels to just to have a week or whatever that just sucks. Um, and he was like, he was like is that right? And I was like, I mean, yeah, you know, everyone has times when they're, they don't feel good or whatever, you know, you're unhappy or, you know, you have a bad week or something like that. I obviously didn't get this deep with this customer. Um, but he was like, yeah, you know, make it better. And I was like, no, what? He was like, if you killed yourself. And I was just like, wow, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay, dude. And I didn't speak to him the rest of the time. I didn't say another another friendly word. I was just like, okay, here's this order. Uh-huh. I print this receipt. I just need you to sign right here. And you're off. Your order will be up in like a couple minutes. <laughs> Can you leave now? I'm going to go to the back room and cry. <laughs> Holy shit. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Is that it? Is that all you got for me? Yeah, I think that, I mean, yeah, this is, I can't. Yeah. You're I mean, that got, healthy and that got a little bit deep. I, Caleb's right. If we had done this a few years earlier, I would have sobbed, uh, probably, um, and I would have been a lot more uh, divisive is not the word that I'm looking for. I would have avo- I would have been a lot yeah. more avoidant. Yeah, you would have been a lot more defensive. Defensive. The word. Uh, your defense mechanisms were not strong today. You were actually you had a fairly healthy perspective on most of the things. You were able to talk about both the negatives and the positives in a in an equal light, and you didn't get you didn't really try to avoid any of the questions. You were vulnerable, and because you were vulnerable, we were allowed to see that you're in a state enough where you're actually. I mean, as fucked up and hard as this life is, you're not doing too bad up here. Up here. Not, I definitely not, feel not, like... Not, not doing too bad. I definitely feel like I am. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Who doesn't, right? Um, fucking people are blowing me up right now in group chat. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've Look, guys. I've been dealing with, like, my own shit depression, whatever, for such a long time now that it's like, who gives a fuck at this point? Like, I can, I, I can comfortably be vulnerable with pretty much anyone. I mean, unless I read the situation and I'm like, oh, I'm in a situation where I really shouldn't be vulnerable with these people. Obviously. Yeah, tell us more. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put myself out there in that kind of situation, but like, in a setting like this or the podcast or whatever, where it's, I mean, no one's going to listen to this podcast and then try to tear me down. And even if they do, fuck you. Um, yeah, I've just been like dealing with this kind of shit myself for such a long time now that I just like, it doesn't, it doesn't phase me anymore to, to talk about it or to be honest about it. Like, and if you're like dealing with something like this, You'll get there. It takes a long ass time and it sucks. It fucking sucks. 
but it's, it'll you'll get is, there. This is so lame, but honestly, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I, yeah, what doesn't kill you doesn't kill you. <laughs> what doesn't kill you doesn't kill you. It'll leave you. It'll leave you tired and beat and so done. But you'll your heart will still be beating. Yeah, and you'll still be moving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if you're dealing with anything like that, I mean, just... As Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you just, you have to. You have, you have to do it. Let's get, can we get, can we get super deep for like a split second? We can get as deep as you want to. Okay, let's get super deep for, for a split second. If we're talking about the stuff that I've dealt with, depression... There's been those times where I've thought that, like, you should just kill yourself was a good idea. Uh, I don't talk about this a lot. I've barely talked about this ever with Caleb. Caleb is the person that I go to for all this shit. Um, So it's I guess I am kind of opening up and being super vulnerable right now. But I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, (laughs) Actually, this is this is kind of on the funnier side of this, but. I was thinking about this earlier today. I was looking up because my head was like pounding headache just so bad. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I've had migraines before, but this isn't the same. But I digress. Um, I was think I was <laughs> looking up diagrams of the human brain, like brain and, and skull anatomy and being like, what would be the best way to shoot myself <laughs> so that I could just not have this headache anymore obviously i wasn't gonna do that <laughs> obviously i realized that this is no but that is a perfectly natural uh, reaction to a migraine headache <laughs> i mean yeah if you've ever had a fucking migraine you know exactly exactly how that feels the terrible thing is my migraines i i've never experienced anything more severe than my migraines i think they're fucking terrible but i know for a goddamn fact that there are people who have migraines orders of magnitude more severe than mine and it's just, Jose, really? Yeah, Hunt, Hunter gets them too. I've seen him in the midst of a migraine. It's, yeah, I'm just like, I couldn't even fucking, like, I might actually kill myself. I don't think I could deal with that much pain. Um, but yeah, back on topic. If you are, or like, I have totally, 100% thought multiple times in my life about, like, taking myself out, just ending it because it would hurt less and it would be easier. There's always something in you as a human being that tells you that that's a stupid idea. You might have to really, really dig for it and it will probably be super, super uncomfortable and you'll have to be super honest with yourself and be like, that was a really stupid thing to think. Or I'm embarrassed with myself now that I thought that or anything, anything along those lines. That's going to happen. Um, but And you might not want to talk to anyone about it. That's fine, too. I've barely talked to anyone about it. This is the longest I've talked about it right now as we record this. This is the longest I've continuously talked about feeling this way ever, ever even to Caleb. Um, this is true. He very rarely talks about suicidal feelings. I, yeah, I mean, if... Is there anything that you want to say now that you have the opportunity? 
if you're talking to a person, let's look at it from this from this side. If you know a person who's had suicidal thoughts or you think they might, there is zero that you're going to say to them that's going to make them immediately change their minds. There's nothing that you're going to say to that person that's going to make them less depressed. There's nothing that you're going to say to that person that's going to immediately make them really have an introspective analytical moment and think about themselves. It's not going to happen. It takes time and it's hard work and it's messy, quite frankly. Um, and it sucks. Uh, but yeah, I've had those thoughts and there's always been something, however deep I have to dig for it. There's always been something that's like, Hey, you probably shouldn't do this, whether it's family or friends or, uh, something that I want to do later in life or anything, anything like that. There's always something that's like been like, Hey, you should probably like chill out for a second and think about it. Maybe call a friend, maybe talk to someone or just like completely get your mind off of it. Go fucking drink your face off or something. Um, that's what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely, there's definitely been that anyone who's dealt with any type of depression more severe than your most basic like cyclotymia or dysthymia is, uh, gonna know what that feels like to some extent or another. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're dealing with someone like that, or if you have dealt with that or whatever, don't try to compare your pain to someone else's, you know, uh, don't try to comfort someone by comparing their pain to yours. Um, honestly, this, (laughs) this sounds cliche and stupid, but if you're like, if you have a friend that's like coming to you in that moment, they really feel like, hey, maybe it would be easier to just kill myself. What they want from you is just to be there. Um, now I'm getting emotional. <laughs> uh, yeah, what they want for you is just to be there. Um, you don't have to say anything. Just be there. And I've had that. I've, yeah, that's it. I'm crying now. Oh my God. (laughs) I did it. How did I do it? I didn't do it. You did it. I did it. I did it to myself. Uh, That's usually how that happens though. You can't. um, Yeah. It's it's, it's, this is just goes to show you can't see. I keep looking at the camera as if I'm giving them like some kind of lesson, but this is the one day that the camera is not on and this is totally useless. So you guys don't get to appreciate all my insightful head turns and glances (laughs) into the, into the camera. Uh, They are very insightful. Yeah. That got super deep. I don't know what we were talking about before I went on that little, went on that little rant, but yeah. Quick note on suicide, I guess. Uh, it's a stupid idea. But bottom line is, if you're thinking about killing yourself, just you need to... Occupy yourself. Yeah, you need to distract yourself. Somehow you need to make yourself see that there isn't... There's there's some reason not to. And if you really, really can't, you might want to go get professional help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. Sometimes you just have to be locked in a white box for 72 hours under observation. And that's normal. Did that actually happen to you? No. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say, cause I knew you, I, I, I know you were in a, 
in a, a, a asylum. No, I was locked in a box for um, 720 hours under observation. I actually I have no idea. I, I can't math. I didn't calculate that. Oh, but actually that makes sense because 72 is three A's and then three days times 10 is 30 days, which is a month. I wasn't in for a month. I was in for like three and some weeks. So maybe more like 680 hours. And I wasn't locked in a box. And I wasn't being heavily observed. And none of that's the point. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, no, but okay. that's just when you when you go into a mental asylum and, oh. or, or when you go into the mental hospital and you say, I think I'm going to kill myself. They take you and they put you in a room and they keep you for 72 hours and to just make sure that you're not actually going to kill yourself. Yeah. And then after that, if you seem to be more or less OK, they let you go. Yeah. There's hotlines and stuff to call, too, if you just need to talk to someone, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You could also. What's the name of that website? Blah Therapy. I don't yeah, know if I really should recommend it because... Yeah, there's some crazies yeah. on there. Ooh. Oof. Oof. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. The internet will take you down weird rabbit holes too, like blah therapy. Uh, and they'll make you probably... They might... It might end up making you think that you're more fucked up than you really are. Definitely that's happened with me. I am a, I am a self-diagnoser. Um, uh... Yeah, and the internet has definitely made me feel like there's things wrong with me that there just, there aren't. Um, yeah, you just gotta take a step back, talk to someone. So guys, yeah. I, I was reading some articles online today, and I realized that I have cancer and bipolar 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been on WebMD too much. <laughs> yeah, oh, that got deep toward the end. Oh, man. All right. I think I think I think we've done enough today. Okay. I mean, we achieved the moment. The moment is your soul slowly opening up and just leaking out tears. <laughs> and that's how my brain feels right now. My brain is slowly leaking out of my ears. It's just so much pressure inside of here right now did you know guys i told caleb this the other day but did you know that in some cases uh your intracranial pressure can rise to such a point that your brain there's a small hole at the bottom of your skull where your medulla is um and the spinal cord runs down your spine and all of that there's a there's a gap there's a hole there and your intracranial pressure can rise to such a point that the brain can actually be pushed down through that hole, uh, in which case it crushes the medulla. You die at this point. But, yeah, that can happen. That can happen. Fun facts. You'll pass out from pain and lack of nervous system control by then. So you won't feel it, but it can happen. Just thought you should know that. You could die at any time. Did you know that you could be walking around with a blood clot in your brain right now, which is just waiting to kill you? I've seen it happen. He survived, but... (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Yep, exactly. Okay, I think that's it. I think we should leave it there. Yeah, I thought that was actually really good. I thought that was a good one. I think, yeah, I liked that one. All right. You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. Happy listening, and have a nice day.